Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. For those of you who have listened before or have been to our website, jewinthecity.com, before, you may be familiar with our Orthodox Jewish All-Star Awards. It started in 2012. It was just supposed to be a video showcasing some super successful Orthodox Jews who are in a variety of industries who made it big. Um, while keeping Shabbos, while keeping kosher, while observing Yom Tov, there's a stereotype that, well, at least I grew up believing that Orthodox women aren't even allowed to work. I saw women pushing strollers, and I thought that they weren't allowed to have a job outside of motherhood. Um, I think a lot of people misunderstand that men can have careers outside of being rabbis because we see the beard and the hat, and it's sort of this association that this looks rabbinic. And so we wanted to expand people's knowledge, not just that we can have jobs, um, but that we can be super successful, that people shouldn't imagine that Jewish observance should hold a person back, um, that ultimately we can have incredible professional success and that our observance and our dedication to Torah and mitzvot actually imbued the success with meaning and then elevated to something um, bigger than just sort of the, the success of the moment. And after our first video was so successful, um, we decided to open up these awards for every single year. And in our second year, in 2013, one of our all-stars was a woman who had made a lot of noise, a lot of positive noise in the media the year before with a movie called Fill the Void. Um, Fill the Void was picked up by Sony Pictures. It premiered at the 69th Venice International Film Festival. It won a bunch of awards. Um, it's so incredible to see not just Orthodox Jews, not just Orthodox women, but Hasidic Orthodox Jewish women, uh, not just making uh, great content, but also being recognized uh, in such a major way in the media because there's unfortunately so much negative Orthodox Jewish news that gets picked up. Um, and we, we have to own the problems in our community and not pretend that they're not there um, and speak out against them. But to have an opportunity to uh, see so many positive headlines and uh, to see all the things that can be available for Orthodox Jewish women, particularly Hasidic women, is something that we're so excited to uh, celebrate. And I have uh, Rama Bershin with me here today to talk about her new movie, The Wedding Plan. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today, Rama. Thank you for having me. So I adored Fill the Void. Uh, I saw it in the movies with my husband. I really marveled at the fact that, you know, unfortunately I don't think uh, the Jewish world or or the Orthodox Jewish world is so known, even for ourselves, as having great content and great media. And it was just such a a masterfully made movie um, that felt authentic and, um, you know, had, you know... sort of ups and downs, you really got to know the characters, you really felt invested, and it was also clean, um, which is also such a, you know, unique uh, thing in movies nowadays, in media in general, because I feel like so much of TV and movies now rely on, um, you know, the, the not clean stuff to hook people in, and I think it actually requires a lot more talent and a lot more hard work to be able to tell a great story and hook people in with just the characters and the writing. So I want to just first tell you um, that I'm a big fan, Um, but you have something new that you are working on right now, or that I guess you've been working on that's about to premiere. It's called The Wedding Plan. It premieres in New York City in May 12th um, and in Los Angeles on May 19th. Um, And I would love to hear about Chapter 2, you know, because I know you've done some other projects, but... Tell us, um, when did 
you start to conceive of this movie? Like how, you know, kind of how much time did you take off after Fill the Void? When did you decide it was time for movie number two? Well, um, I never thought there was number two. Number two came <laughs> as a surprise, like number one. Um <laughs> When Fill the Void came out and was, you know, big success and I was traveling a lot, so I wrote actually the wedding plan on the planes. Hmm. But I wrote another script which I thought I would do and not this one. And as it happens, the other one went to the little drawer and this one came up. Hmm. And after the success of Fill the Void, it was easier to get the money together. So it was done pretty fast. I mean, we premiered already in September and... 2012 just, you know, was the year that... Anyway, in four years, we were able to do this film uh, to complete it. So, and then now it's going to start its its journey around the world. It was bought all over the world, but it didn't start yet to, to show. And we'll see. So, okay, so the basic concept of the film, without giving too much away... There's a girl who has a broken engagement, but she has a wedding that is set. It's set in the hall, and she decides that she is not going to cancel the date. It's, she will have the wedding, and she basically says to Hashem, I've got everything set up. Now you just get me the groom. That's the basic premise of the story. Where did this concept come from? This is a, a pretty wild idea. Mm. Uh, it, it's... it's you can see the, the concept that way, or you can see it that she's not kind of squeezing God's hand, you know, which would be pretty stupid to do. <laughs> she's more into believing that God is able to do everything. And then somehow mm-hmm. it sounds like a, like maybe a, a stupid sentence, but mm-hmm. I find, and again, of course, I speak only for myself, that I can say that God is is the is the king and he can do everything but when it comes to my problems i don't necessarily feel that god is able to really solve them mm-hmm. it's like i feel sometimes that my troubles when my problems are bigger bigger than god bigger than mm-hmm. god in a way i'm saying i'm bigger than god it's awful things that i say mm-hmm. but it's it's like you, you, i feel sometimes i would say of course God can do that, but maybe it's not good for me. Of course he can do it, but maybe, maybe it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, all kinds of excuses and actually saying, I don't believe God can do. And actually this journey of a character is to believe that God can do everything. He can do the Holocaust and he can do a wedding. It's the same for him. It's easy to do it in 22 days the way it is. You know, uh, the way it can happen in 30 years, it's the same. There's no problem for Hashem. And just to believe that, and if it'll happen or not, this is not up to us and not up to anything, and we don't know what, what's God, God, you know, what, what's the, the plan. But we should believe that it's possible. So it's actually a film about possibility more than, you know, kind of sticking to a date. Is this, um, you said since you have your own doubts like this, and I think a lot of us probably could relate in theory, we think God could do that in practice. Sometimes the problems feel bigger even than Hashem could do. 
was there some sort of a, I guess, like a muster message for yourself in this? Or, I don't know, some sort of growth or some sort of, did it change you, I guess, to, to make this, to, to see it? Do you, I'm saying, do you sort of bring yourself into your art in that way? Yeah, I, I, I work very personally in, in everything. I mean, from writing the script and then the way I work with my crew and my cast, very, very personal. There's nothing not personal in the way I work. So, of course, the process of the film became the process of me and the process of all the crew and the actors. Everyone started to go through that. It happened in The Silver Void and it happened here, too. So I guess it's something with you know with the way the way we work together. Um, it's yeah. It, 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 I, I'm, all I'm saying is that you know it's not about someone squeezing God's hand. That's what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's about finding in you the, the the that voice that says that everything is possible and everything's open. And being in the world of Hashem means that everything is open. And there's nothing, what can be bad in getting married? It has to be only good. And to believe that, and to go with that, and you know, and there's a lot of other voices, and put them aside for a second to do something extreme and different, to break that, you know, break despair, break, break the, the you know, the, the pessimism, just to break mm -hmm. it. Now, in this movie, I noticed, um, the first thing I noticed about the, the main character, Michal, um, is that her hair, she's got this beautiful uh, curly hair, and that was sort of in contrast to your main character in Fill the Void, who had the hair um, braided. And so the first thing I notice automatically is this character feels a little bit more modern than in the previous movie. And I could tell pretty early on that she was still Hasidic. Um, and then I learned as I watched that she's uh, a Baal Tshuva, um, as opposed to the other movie it seemed like they were from, from birth. Um, why did you decide to go in that direction this time, show a different slice of the Hasidic world, show a Balchuva instead of from, from birth? Um, there's, there's all kinds of reasons. First reason is that this is my world more. Mm -hmm. My world is more of the ballet Chuva and then the, 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 the strict Hasidic in terms of I was not, you know, I'm a Balachuva and I became religious at the age of 27. So I'm more into that, you know, the fact that some of the family is not religious and the whole the whole thing. So it's more of my world. Second, in a way, I feel that we, as as an Orthodox, as a Haredi woman doing films, we 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 cannot do the same thing again. We, can, mm -hmm. we cannot even work in the same, we have to kind of invent ourselves again and again and again, which I, again, I don't feel I have the power to invent anything, and this is really a gift, but I knew that if I make another film in a Hasidic world, really, then they will say, we saw that already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of, we don't have the privileges of just doing what we feel like doing. People are looking at us in a, and me in a, in a way that I have to, in a way I have to invent something new again, like again. So that's why I knew that that I, I mean I wrote another script before this one, and it was set in a Hasidic world here in New York, and I put it aside. It was mm -hmm. not I couldn't I couldn't do it again now. Mm -hmm. Maybe as a third film, but not as a second. Mm -hmm. I read that um, 
the, your main actress and fill the void after working closely with Hasidim, it actually changed her Jewishly. She, I mean, I heard her speaking maybe in a video interview. It sounded like it might have even like ignited something in her in a positive way, which I, I love because um, it is my strongly held belief that having, you know, positive interactions with Orthodox Jews who live as they ought to live um, really just sort of ignites something inside of Jews who might not have had much Jewish background before. Was there anything, would you say that any part of the cast um, interacting with Orthodox Jews um, had any sort of change or any sort of positive experience or even stereotypes being brought, uh, broken down? In the two films that I did, that's, of course, it changed a lot, it's, of course, but it's, it's you know, you, you work, it's not even working just with an Orthodox person or director, it's working, you know, it's for, 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 for a very intense time, and it, it changes, especially if you work on a, on, a, on a character, even though in this film, in the new film, The Wedding Plan, let's say the star, the rock star, he's not even supposed to be religious, so, but yet things happen to him while working with us, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, they don't become religious, not that I know of, mm -hmm. but I can say they do become believers. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And I think that if I have a role in anything of that, is this is the role. My role is not to 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 make them, you know, kind to help them be ballet chuva. That that someone else has to do that. I, for me, I feel that, I feel that my role is to make them, but you know, to help them see that they're believers. Mm -hmm. And then they have to find their own way. You know, what? into religion. I'm, I'm, I'm more into the faith business than into the religion basis. You know, So maybe that's, that's a, a good segue now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your own journey to a more observant life? You were raised uh, secular until your 20s, split your time between New York and Israel. When, why, how um, did you start a journey to observance? I think the journey started very early. I don't think anyone become religious very, you know, just one day. You, you, you're either a seeker or you don't. You're looking for things or you don't. You're curious or you don't. I was always, I just didn't think that Judaism have uh, the answers for me. I didn't think Judaism is spiritual. Mm -hmm. I thought Buddhism is more of what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but when I met Judaism, which when I was 27, it was a few months after graduation, you know, graduation uh, from film school, then I felt it was answers to a lot of questions that I had. Mm -hmm. um, but it all, you know, it was leaning on a, on a search and a journey that didn't mm -hmm. start then. Um, and once I, once I found out that Judaism is spiritual, mm -hmm. Then, then it was very fast. I mean, I, I, I kind of went to a Shabbos meal, totally secular, and the Shabbos after I was already religious. Mm. Asked, this is how fast I made the transition. Mm. And did you grow up with stereotypes or negative associations to the the Orthodox community? I think if you, if you as an Israeli and a Jew think that the Orthodox world is not spiritual, that it you, you can be more misconception. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. It cannot be more misconception than this, you know. 
No, but I'm not but it is even in Israel and even if you excuse me? But I'm saying, so fine, so that's clearly one, but what about, I grew up thinking that Orthodox women couldn't work, I grew up thinking that all Orthodox Jews were close-minded, and were ignorant, and were judging me, so I'm saying, did you have, I really had a little bit of, um, like, an animosity towards the community, frankly, I, I was, I was raised to have these negative um, feelings about my own people, so I guess the question is, were they sort of like, the other that you didn't really contend too much with, or did you have any sort of actively negative thoughts like I did? <laughs> I didn't really think about this. They were so not interesting that I didn't even think about them. Mm-hmm. I had nothing with them, and I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. It was not. It didn't provoke any curiosity, and then it didn't provoke any range. It was just not not happening for me. Not relevant. Um, no. And I think, I think you know, um, when I sort of trace where the negativity comes from, unfortunately, some of it comes from the community, the worst of the community that make the headlines. But I would also say that it's the fictional media, the TV shows, the movies that depict these orthodox characters always, you know, the only flavor is Hasidic, um, and the character is always very serious um, and never has any personality. Um, and I feel so frustrated because it seems like there are consultants for every other industry when TV and movies wants to specialize in a certain type of character, um, and they don't bother doing their homework when it comes to the Orthodox community. So um, I guess maybe the answer is simple, that your movies are authentic because it's being made by Orthodox people, but do you have any other insights as to what brings authenticity to what you do as opposed to what unfortunately is lacking in some of these other movies and uh, and TV shows? I think I'm just a storyteller. That's that's what it is, and I'm, and I'm, a, and I'm a religious storyteller, and I'm a believer in God. And that reflects, and and it reflects in the story. But it's not me trying to to model a world or trying to. I don't have a, a, like a like a public agenda. And I think mm-hmm. this is what works. And I think this is why people really they're they're able to listen to what I'm saying mm-hmm. because it doesn't reflect on a on a world. Mm-hmm. It reflects on, a, on an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think this is my secret. This is why my, my voice is heard strongly around the world. Mm-hmm. Just tell, tell the story well, use authentic characters. And um, so I guess that sort of segues into my next question. Um, I, I imagine other Orthodox women or Orthodox Jews had made movies in the past. The closest thing that I could say in terms of what was successful was, I would say, Ushbizen uh, sort of garnered a similar amount of uh, you know, notoriety, um, made from also, you know, Hasidic Jews. Um, do you, what do you think, I mean, maybe the answer is also just storytelling, but was the path of fill the void, um, going from, I guess, a smaller project to suddenly premiering at, uh, you know, Venice and being picked up by Sony, was that all a surprise or was that a lot of hard work trying to get noticed by these different places? Like what was the pathway of going from, a smaller project made by a Hasidic woman to suddenly I'm reading about you in the New York Times. The, the, the truth is that I didn't I didn't mean to make a film for for the Hasidic world or for the Orthodox world. My mm-hmm. from the beginning, my my audience is 
are, are secular Jews, and the non-Jews is something that I didn't know that will work with them, but definitely the secular Jews. I, I was not there to talk to, to the Orthodox people. Mm-hmm. Uh, was not my, my main thing. They don't think that they to talk. Um, so I was aiming to, to, go, to, to go outside to, to speak to a public to the public audience, to the, mm-hmm. how do you say it, um, to the... The world at large. Regular audience, okay, not mm-hmm. not specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- we, that's one aim, but to succeed the way it did, this is, it was not even anyone's dream. In, uh, you know, in the crew, my, my producer is secular, left-wing, says he's an atheist, I don't truly believe him, but okay. <laughs> and he d- didn't think that it would hit that. I have no idea what happened there. And in, in, mm. in one way, I mean, in a show like yours, I could say, this is divine. This is mm-hmm. not something that I did, or it's not up to my talent. Mm-hmm. came a point where Hashem just decided this, this, this thing and, and the wedding plan too, they, they should do a very big movement, and mm-hmm. it's nothing that I can take credit off, and, and would know exactly what I did there to, to even repeat it again, because mm-hmm. it's nothing that I did to mm-hmm. make that such a success. So I guess uh, the way that Hashem responded to your work here is the same Hashem in the movie that um, our main character, Michal, is, is counting on and leaning on to, to do something big for her, even if it seems unlikely. Um, we've got about right. five minutes left, um, and I would love to talk about responses. Who have you heard from from Fill the Void, and I guess who so far who has seen uh, the wedding plan, both in the Orthodox community? Because I know that you didn't make it for the Orthodox community, and I didn't make Jew in the city for the Orthodox community, and yet I found that there is such a thirst for people that grew up religious to see positive stories being told and feel a pride and feel good about themselves, and so they have ended up being the largest, uh, you know, amount of our followers. So, if you could share with us in these last few minutes um, any anecdotes or you know people you've heard from uh, from the Orthodox community and from the you know uh, non-Orthodox community who have been touched by your work? Well, uh, fill the void. It's, it, it, I will talk about the wedding time because it's a new thing. Um, they, they, a lot of the Orthodox people went to see the film mm-hmm. in the theater. It's, for some of them, it was the first time, or maybe the second time they ever went. The first time was fill the void. And the, the reactions are very strong. The people that already go to see the film, the reaction is very, very strong. Of course, there are people that didn't see the film, and then the reaction could be even negative, but it's mm-hmm. not based on watching the film. It's just the idea of making a film to a general audience. Mm-hmm. Um, the reaction from a, from a secular world and a religious world is very, very different. In a way, the secular people, it is easier for them to get the story. The, the, the Orthodox people sometimes get confused. Um, they're not as open, hmm. in a way. They're afraid that, that, I'm, that I'm showing people that, that, you know, the outside world would think that we're crazy or that we're extreme. They have all kinds of that. They're afraid of the modeling. They're afraid I don't model the thing the way it should be. 
mm-hmm. while the secular people just go with the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have had so many responses here and there. I can say that in Israel, where the film was already was out and already even is done, you know, it's twenty five weeks in 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 the um, in the theater. Mm-hmm. That's it's more of a cult film in terms of when the wedding plan is something that secular people will go see six times mm. and mm. just want to see it more and more and see what to get something there's like something there an energy that they want to see more and more mm. uh, but again if I wanted to make to, you know to make a film to a religious crowd to a, to a Haredi crowd I would do a different kind of film mm-hmm This, the, cin- the, the cinematic language, the whole thing is very meant for an outside world. Mm-hmm. If I had to do you know, a film for someone that doesn't see so many films, that is not, you know, in, in terms of culture and art, in the same situation, I would do it differently. Mm-hmm. So it's not meant for them. There are a lot of them come and see it, but it, I, I'm more interested in what the secular people say. I know you said that it's not your goal for the film to change people in any way. You said you, you want to spread faith as opposed to observance, but has anyone ever written into you to tell you that either film that you've made changed them in a way and inspired them to discover a life of Jewish observance? A lot of them. <laughs> that, that happens, but it's not a question of did they become Shomer Shabbat or not. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, something changed. Mm-hmm. To tell you to tell you to track down the changes, it's very hard for me, and it's not even something I'm interested in doing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of reactions, you know, people look at us differently, and it's not mm-hmm. only secular Jews; it's non-Jews. They look mm-hmm. at us differently. Mm-hmm. They're more curi- they're curious about us. They're interested. And I know you said we have about a minute to go right now. Um, I want to remind people that they can see the movie in New York City um, on May 12th. Starting on May 12th, they can uh, see the movie The Wedding Plan, Rama Bershin's uh, second. Would we call it like a feature full-length film? What, what would be the, the best way to describe um, a, such a, a production? Is that like a, a feature film? Yeah, that's a feature film. A feature film. Okay, so May 12th uh, will open in New York City, May 19th in L.A. You said you were already writing movie number two on the plane ride during Fill the Void. Do you have anything, any notes scribbled somewhere, Rama, that might be number three somewhere? Or can you not say that yet? Or are there any thoughts about the future at this point? Or um, Very early stages, but we're talking about a TV show now. Ooh, okay, that's very exciting. Very cool. All right, well, yeah, it is. Uh, When, uh, when that comes out of the drawer or gets more fleshed out, um, we certainly would, would love to hear more and uh, publicize it to our, uh, our fans. Thank you so much for joining us Thank today. Thank you so much. It's, uh, Beautiful really questions. Easy. Thank you so much. And uh, you should have continued Hatzlacha. You should, Hashem should continue to do marvelous things that you can't explain for your work and um, to bring um, authentic Uh, observant Jews to the world, and I'm 100% in agreement. Let people do with that knowledge and information what they want to, but uh, to bring authentic and true and, and positive, uh, you know, Jewish and observant Jewish experiences to the world is so very important. So thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for thank listening. You. And thank you so much for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.